Welcome to Season 12 of Delving Into Dance. My name is Liz Lee, and this is Episode 2. I'm thrilled to have had the opportunity to talk with Gregory McComa, a South African-based, extraordinary choreographer who wrote this year's International Dance Day message. I started by asking Gregory if he could talk about the extraordinary message that he has written. Well, um, thank you, Liz, for, for this invitation. I think it's, it's, as you say, it's great that this moment also provides us with an opportunity to connect, you know, as the world. Um, and it has brought, has also shown that, you know, the, the, the world is getting smaller and smaller, um, you know, through the internet, through the connection, through technology, that we're getting to, to see and appreciate each other um, much better. Um, you know, when I, when I first went into lockdown, I, I, I panicked and there was a huge panic in terms of um, how are we going to survive this? And, you know, questions were raised in terms of how long will this take place? And even after the COVID-19 um, pandemic, how will we survive? How will the theatre world uh, survive? Because we we acknowledging that uh, our hard work, our work that we put out there, it's very much um, about connections. It's about people connecting with each other and connecting to people. So if that um, is is something that is becoming um, a big threat to the disease itself, but also a big threat to us as human, as as human, to be in a position where we can connect freely as we used to, it requires us to think differently in terms of how we're going to be making work in, in, in the near future. Um, and perhaps how we'll also be, be connecting with audiences in times when we are not able to connect with them like we used to. So traditional way of, of performing will be affected and, and will require us to to think of other ways in which we can connect with, with our audiences. Um, and, and I think in the beginning, I was very much um, saying to a lot of people that, you know, the move to virtual um, reality, the move to virtual uh, presentation of our works takes away something that is so profound and significant about the power of art and the resilience of art in itself. Um, and, and that power is something that I, I, I wanted to hold on to and to preserve as much as possible. So I've been refusing the temptation to, to put work on, online, to put work in platforms where they alienate um, that very core function of connecting people. So, um, and one has to realize that, you know, as time moves on, you realize, gosh, this is not changing. This is not going to change in a very near future. And it's, it might stay with us for a very long time. And so how, how do we prepare ourselves, um, you know, for, for the worst? And I think that's where I am at this moment and, and thinking around with, with my colleagues at Vuyani Dance Theatre about, you know, um, how are we going to survive? How are we going to shape or reshape our ways of looking at presenting work for the future? Well, everything you're saying resonates for me so incredibly deeply. Uh, 
I was due to be premiering a very big new cross-cultural work uh, in November. And then the venue said, we're not doing any live performances this year. And that was about six weeks ago. And I, I went into a, a deep grief. Sure. And then recently we were talking and the producers, um, so potentially about premiering it in March next year. And they said, well, in a theatre that sits 200, we may only be able to have five uh -huh. people in the audience. And um, I just kind of sat there a bit like a stunned mullet going, <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah it's, it's really quite remarkable. And the notion as well of presenting work, as you say, online, and then mm. how, how do we do that? There are incredible artists who create dance film and it's specifically created in that way. So sure. That notion sure. of how we um, present work in a way that can still engage our audiences at the same time in a way that it's not necessarily initially created to be viewed online and 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 we know that so with yep. the international dance um day message when were you asked to write that particular message was that when COVID had hit or had you been previously asked sure um <laughs> that's the question i've been getting since i wrote the message and it wasn't i mean i was i was literally um preparing myself to go to china to to present that that message so the message was written way before last year i think around november when it was when it was approved by the board of of, of dance day and it was a message that we were preparing ourselves and our minds in presenting to in front of an audience in china but also to go to the rest of the world because it also resonated um with where I, my thinking was in terms of making work, that I wanted to respond very much into the politics of the world, and I wanted to respond to to the circumstances that were surrounding my immediate environment in South Africa, um, you know, where gender-based violence is a huge thing, where uh, equality, inequality is still very much a, a, a huge thing, where um you know the confusion and the complexities of of land is still a big issue and i also know that it's it's still very much an issue in australia you know around land and um and 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 yeah so those issues were very much part of my thinking when i'm writing a, that message and i was thinking around what is the power of dance in this you know how can we change the narrative but also influence the way people think around these issues and and to use movement and dance to 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 drive that message um and to and and, and even you know, to amplify that message because we talk about those messages, you know, in, in, in all spaces. And, but I think with dance, we are able to amplify it, to touch, you know, the senses of people that no politician can better, you know, um, communicate. I think movement gives us that, that place and an opportunity and a space for us to connect hearts. Um, and, and, and it's the powerful tool that we have. It absolutely is. And it's interesting because when I was, I'm just going to quote um, one of the lines from the message, which is, we are living through unimaginable tragedies in a time that I could best describe as the post-human era. And when I read that, 
to be honest, I thought to myself, I, I wonder if this was written before COVID, because you, you're talking about the state of the world. Sure. And then as, as COVID kind of took over our lives more and more, I went, nah, 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 nah. He must yeah. miss in response to COVID. He's stuck at home and this is, an, this is a tragedy. Yeah. So it's, it's, thank you for sharing that history behind your very, very powerful message because uh, <laughs> we're, many of us, I'm based in Canberra and there was about 30 of us who gathered together as independent artists, either based in Canberra or strongly connected to Canberra mm. and responded mm. to to your words. And from my perspective, it was really interesting having never met you, but reading, you know, being very familiar yeah. with many of the, Africa's very dear to my heart and many of the incredible artists that you've worked with. And, but I was literally slicing up your poem by bits of words <laughs> so everybody could have a bit to, to dance to, <laughs> yeah. which kind of felt wrong because I kind of, everybody just wanted to dance so, so strongly. And you brought, you brought many, many, many of us together in an incredible way. And there's been a really strong response um, to our little mini film. So thank yeah. you for that. And well, well um, I might say, uh, just before you continue, sorry for, to interrupt, but I was hugely moved by, by the response. Um, and especially, you know, the response that you in Australia and your company and the people and the dancers and the choreographers and the makers and the artists um, to take it to heart and and to look also in terms of injecting their own uh, feelings, because that's what you feel when you see people dancing, even to words, that it is their own interpretation of those words but also they bring in into that conversation their own true feelings of where they are and how they're feeling and how those words resonate with them so thank you very much for for taking that task so that's all i wanted to say <laughs> oh, look it's fantastic but i must i must say we're not a company it's just a we're, we're a group of colleagues and it was your mm. that made us all like we all got we all put the same, we all put our black clothes on and most of us got out into nature and we all got everything in on time. I mean, it's unheard of, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a, uh, even here in South Africa, because what I took a, a, a stand to, to say, how do I celebrate that day in, in South Africa with a wider community? of South African dancers. So I, I, I shared quite widely in, the, in my platforms and with friends and colleagues and I asked everybody, please ask, you know, your dancers to, you know, to dance or say a message or whatever way in which they feel they want to comment on it. And then we, we put together a video that was, I think someone command, made a comment that, a comment that this is where um, dance, I mean, dance speaks in ways that um, our own uh, political rainbow nation is trying to address ha has failed. So through our own input, through our own reaction to, to Dance Day and bring the community together in their environments, 
which were crossing social economic boundaries, which were crossing um, cultural and traditional boundaries. To be able to achieve that, uh, it was seen as remarkable. And, and again, you know, I'm speaking to, to the power of movement and dance and the arts as knowing no limits. And, 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 and our art is about, you know, breaking those boundaries, breaking those, those, those barriers. Absolutely. Goodness, you're very eloquent. Love your work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if it is not too heartbreaking, can I ask what you were working on when COVID happened? Ooh, I was working on, um, on well, we, were, we had tours. There were, there were three very important tours that we were putting out there. One was um, Via Kanana, which is a piece that I, I made for a, a community group which is based in, in, in the township, one in the east of, of Johannesburg. It's called, um, the, the company is called Via Gatlehong. That's the name of the township, Gatlehong. And that work is, is basically their response to, to, to waiting for, for Canaan, waiting for that day when um, all the promises will be made available and possible for people to enjoy. Because when our politicians go into, um, you know, into voting time, they all go out and make those huge promises to, to communities. And when it comes to delivery, none of that, you know, comes into play. So via Kanana, it's about, you know, that, that waiting of uh, the community for, for their circumstances, for their situation to change for the better, as it was the premise of our democracy. So 25 years later, that premise has not been achieved. And that work is really questioning that. Um, and it's, 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 it's driven by a movement um, culture dance form, which is called Isipansola, which means, you know, um, um, a fast fit. So which it derives from, from American tap dance um, and, and, and uses our, and combines it with our own traditional forms. And Ispansula was created as a form, you know, in, 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 in the 60s, in the 50s, 60s, as a way of a cultural urban emancipation of the people. You know, people were coming together and the world was opening and they were seeing what was going on in America, in other parts of the world, and they were fusing things. And Ispansu like became, excuse me, a form that, that came out of that. So I, I'm using that as a premise, as a drive for, for that work. So that was put on hold. In fact, what happened is that the, the company left and, um, and they were supposed to be out for three weeks and do 10, I think 12 shows in different cities in France and Sweden. And they only managed to do the first performance and they had to pack and come back home. Um, so, and this is, this is a group of people who are, depend purely on this touring. It's, they are not a full-time company. Their livelihood is made possible by them going out and being on stage and performing. And that's how they make their living. So that has been put on hold, so which also affects not only them because they, most of them are breadwinners in their own homes. Um, so it, it is affecting, you know, the entire 
you know, household, entire, uh, even extended uh, families, um, because that's how dire the situation is in South Africa, that in one household, one, uh, in, in a household of 10 people, there could be one breadwinner. And this is the person who is in charge of, uh, responsible for the livelihood of those 10 people who are living in that house, and sometimes even more. Um, then we had something that we have planned for, for over two years, it's me and the other leaders in the African continent. We were creating our first um, African Biennale, dance, contemporary dance Biennale, which was to be held in Marrakech in, in end of March. Um, we had to, to cancel that because obviously Marrakech um, was one of the cities that, that really closed in African continent. They closed borders quite early. Um, and we were still very hopeful that you know, we will be able to do it, but then you know, things got worse and worse. Um, so that was canceled. This was affecting the entire continent of you know, the, the dance community in the continent because it was for the first time that the continent has taken charge of putting together a festival that was inviting artists from different parts of the continent to come to one city and celebrate their um, and, and, and celebrate their their offering in terms of dance. Um, previously, it's always been spearheaded by the French government or, or governments of other countries um, in Europe. So this was the first time that as Africans, we were in charge of even programming and deciding what needs to be seen by Africans. Um, so that was, as our premier, we were royal excited about it, was, was put on hold. He had to stop. So we're looking now at various options for that. Um, we're postponing that into 2021. Um, hopefully that will happen. And the third thing that was, was affected was also uh, my own solo, Beautiful Me, which was to, to go to, to, to Lisbon. And this is a work that is very close to my heart because it is a work that I made my company to survive when we were hit by the financial depression in, 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 in the art scene in South Africa in, 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 in 2007. So I created that work because it was a solo work and I had four musicians with me. I invited um, three other choreographers who, were, who are my friends, but I wanted to learn, to learn more about their choices in their choreographic choices and how they make choices, how they decide in terms of how culture or tradition informs their own work or place of birth informs their own work. So I invited Akram Khan um, um, for standing Yakudas from the Congo and Vincent Mansu, who's South African but lives in France. And they each contributed two minutes of material through text, music, movement. And I, you know, at the end of the day, it was not just two minutes because there were those conversations which took longer days and days and days and days in the studio of us moving. So the connection became, even became more and more um, complex and we, we raised very complex issues around, you know, um, issues that were affecting us as, as citizens of the world. Um, so at the end of the day, I used memory um, to remember 
those conversations when I was then putting the work in the context in context. So so memory played a role in terms of driving that that piece. So so I was looking forward into performing that work again because I have not done it in a while. So it was coming back into performing the work again in um in in Lisbon in 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 in, in Portugal. And and that was happened was supposed to happen in April and that again was kept on hold. I now I was supposed to be in London and working on um a new it was an R and D for a new work um which is produced and directed by the founder of Theatre Rights and which is based in London. It's, it's a work that is commissioned by Manchester International Festival, which will premiere next year. So this was our first R&D that was supposed to take place in the UK. So we're looking now into early January for that R&D to happen. So, so yes, there are those things that were, I was looking forward to that, um, that, had a, a, that were designed with a very clear intention of changing the world one movement at a time and and they all had to be on hold well it's as i'm listening to you uh, i'm just laughing not in a happy way but in a in a recognizing recognizing way particularly uh with your with your your solo show i mean it's not a solo show because you have the musicians with you but i was yeah. watching some footage of it and i have to say i was like oh i recognize a little bit of kathak in there yeah. uh, you do that movement so well kathak is a really it, it, it's a it's a beautiful form and it's and it isn't easy to do and i can imagine that oh. you have had some really fascinating conversations uh but to revisit a one-person show uh, mm. a really long period of time if i may say um as a slightly older performer myself that's a lot of work it is a lot of work i mean it's very daunting when i was because I, I i had to look at the video which i i don't usually do because i you know um the minute i look at a video of myself and i become too critical and i want to change everything <laughs> But you know, I had to look at this work and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I have to do all of that. <laughs> so yes, that's a very daunting experience. But again, you know, beautiful because I, I'm working with an amazing director, um, Gerard, um, who, goodness, you know, have, and one of the things, because I, I shared with him my, my fears. I said, oh God, going back into this work, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I can still manage even with, maintaining the, the 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 physical form of you know of what that work demands and he said to me lean on to your age lean on to the time and find a new way a new form of moving it does not change the content it does not change the messaging it might just change the way you move and that is okay so that made me feel, you know, um, a little bit more secure in terms of having to go into that process again. Yeah. I love that. Lean into your age. That's great. Lean into your age, yeah. But the other thing is that I think when a work has been created that has a real power, and obviously you've worked with a number of different collaborators, it means that those works and the message 
will transcend time and mm. the extra power that comes with you as an older performer in a different body and in a different land and time and space and or rather landing in a different time and space mm. so i would say when all of this picks back up again it'll be there'll be an extra resonance that will come from the performances and I will try and get there somehow. Uh, <laughs> goodness. So, oh, it's, if I may say, just, just on a personal note, it's, it's great to talk to someone who's, because I was touring my own, my own one-woman show. Um, I, was, I was in England. I performed, I was working in Kuwait, flying between Kuwait and England, and I performed my one-woman show, Red, so I totally get that whole thing of being older and still performing and, and, and does the message still resonate? Yeah. And that was on the 10th of March. And on the 13th of March, I was flying back to Australia the day that I was due to fly back to Kuwait and Kuwait as a country shut down. Sure. So, yeah, and, and that notion of losing all your work. And sure. I, I had a very, very long list of incredible things I was going to do. <clears throat> I haven't done any of them. um so yeah it's it's uh it's really quite a a remarkable time i guess it's that thing where you go oh well i could do all of those things that i thought i would and then you kind of come to it and there's a a huge amount of um resonance of of what we may or may not be able to create so how are you communicating with your and connecting with your dancers well, I mean, we we have online classes at the moment that we uh-huh. we have established, so at least to give themselves some kind of a physical connection, uh, you know, as a group. I think that's still critical and important. Um, and then, secondly, we we started piloting our our theory classes, which is part of our academy. So this pilot, because we're starting next year a, a formal academy. It's always been informal in terms of our teaching, but we, we're formalizing that whole academy, which means now there's some theory courses. And one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm teaching is um, history and anthropology of, of dance. And I was very fortunate that I, I had very good teachers like um, Sylvia Glasser, who is now based in, 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 in Australia. And, and this is one of the things that she instilled in me in terms of you know, understanding one's anthropology. It's also understanding the anthropology of the, 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 the community you live in. And, and it's something that I've been very um, 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 active in, in trying to understand the cultures of others. Hence, you know, these connections with, with Akram Khan, for instance, you know, with Katak. And, and understanding how appropriately I can, I need to use it and to appreciate it in, in ways that uh, makes me understand, you know, the, 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 the reasons behind it. So that's, that's what we're teaching, but they're also learning about, you know, um, 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 entrepreneurship in the arts. They, they, they learning, you know, the business of arts and, and the marketing um, that, you know, you still need to, you know, you can't just be a dancer, but how do you market, you know, your work and how do you market yourself as a dancer? Um, so those are the, and they, and on Fridays, uh, we have what we call the spotlight. 
So I invite uh, with them the people that they would like to see or to have a chat with that um, in their normal circumstances they might not have an opportunity to do that. So, and it's open very, it's worldwide. So they, they, they are allowed to dream and I do everything in my power to connect to those people that they, they select <laughs> and to see if we can have them for an hour of, you know, and have a discussion with them um, on, on Zoom. So, so that's, 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 that's where we are. This is, this is what we're doing in the moment. And we're hoping that we can get back into the studio pretty soon, but we are already aware, you know, they, a lot has to change. People have to, to, to embody um, a different mentality in terms of, of working. Um, I think, you know, distancing is going to be a, a, a challenge because we are a company that is a family. We hug each other. We, you know, we play with each other. We, we so much onto each other's bodies. And, you know, so to do without that is going to be a challenge. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, even, even teaching and, and being, I'm, I've been in Sydney since I got back. I haven't been back to Canberra yet. And I'm very excited about going back to Canberra, except that it's going to be some kind of exquisite torture. I'm, I'm not going to be able to hug people. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Uh, and uh, yes. So I, I love the notion of your dancers putting the call out, saying they, they want to be able to connect with different people around the world yeah. I, I i admire the your thinking behind that and the ethos of that because i think sometimes as dancers we can get so wrapped up in being in the studio and what's our talent sure. doing and what's this and the training and the choreography and, and and you kind of forget about the 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 wider world at times uh so i really really admire that and I was going to say, if, if you're interested, I'd be able to connect you with Elizabeth Cameron Dowman, who is, I believe she's 84, no, she's 86. And sure. she's still touring the world. She's amazing. She's oh, amazing. God. So yeah. I put you guys in contact on email. Indeed. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, she's just, she's fabulous. Uh, oh, I'll send you a little film actually um, that she kind of starts in. It was a film that, again, it, we'd made it in Canberra a couple of years ago. But she's a really, she's a remarkable woman, and and I, and she's been touring the world with Michael Keegan Dolan's Swan Lake. Oh, so, and they were about to tour off to Taiwan, and there she is, you know, being glamorous and touring. So I'll I'll put you guys in contact. That would be impressive. Great. No, you, you, you are very welcome. You mentioned Sylvia Glasser, and yeah. I wondered if you could um, just explain a little about your history with her. She's someone else that I, I've been talking to and um, yeah. interviewing as well. We, we chatted the other day for about an hour, and she said, oh, I need to write another book. And I was like, oh, my Lord. I think you need to write about four so she's <laughs> extraordinary. So if you wouldn't mind, I, I would love you just to explain. Yeah. Um, because she formed Moving Into Dance, didn't she? She founded Moving Into Dance and in, in, in 19, 
1978. This was in, in, in the heart of apartheid South Africa. And, you know, she's, she's one of the pioneering um, dance teachers who very early on, before it was fashionable for studios to open their doors to dancers of color, she, she took that bold uh, movement to do that. And not only just taking in students into, into her own uh, environment, but she was also going into the black townships and to teach, which was very remarkable and brave of her. But, you know, I think one thing that is incredible about um, having to be, um, you know, to having to learn under her guidance was the fact that she was very open to the person's ambitions. So, so our ambitions as individuals, I think, interested her. And she, she, she really, she didn't create a, a group of people who looked the same. Like she, it, she was not interested in the core ballet, core de ballet. She was interested in people being individuals with their stories and enhancing their own stories. And I think that's something that I've taken with me in terms of how I shape my own companies that, you know, it's about people and their stories and allowing them to, you know, to, 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 to find their own feet and, and to, to use their stories to change, you know, their, their, their own situation, their own circumstances. Um, and so she's been, she's been really incredible in that space. And when we, when we started coming in at moving into dance, I mean, I started in 1990, which makes this year my 30th year in dance when I, was, when I first went into a studio, into a proper dance studio, it was 30 years ago. Um, and, and I remember vividly walking into the studio. Um, the first, it was for the first time where I felt that I was in a space with other dancers of color who were all, all of us were fighting for the same position, equally. Um, between white, blacks, Indians, colors, we were all in the same room and fighting for the same opportunity. This was the first time in my entire life that I was in that space, in that situation. Um, myself and Vincent, and others, and I, and I mentioned Vincent because he was my longtime friend, you know, from the township. We come together from, from the same township. We're already doing street dancing and, and, and working in the township and, 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 and making work, but without even understanding that at that time, we're already forming an aesthetic and a form. Um, and, and, and not also knowing that we were also dealing with choreography we were dealing with elements of teaching because it was a shared platform of us making work and taking movements from Michael Jackson and fusing it with movements of traditional dancers who were looking at, uh, at different mines or um, at different hostels which they were, they were staying. Um, and, and we were fusing all of that. And, and, and when we came to moving to dance, it was almost like a transition from the township environment that is 
um, not confined to, to, to anything that is so open into something that was channeling all of that into a thought process of what we were doing. So moving to dance provided that thought process in terms of what we were doing and enhancing already what we were doing in order for us to develop ourselves as teachers that we are today, as choreographers that we are today. Um, and early on, early on, we were allowed to make work, um, to create work. As much as we were learning, we were given the freedom and an opportunity to, to dream and to create, you know, works. Um, my first work, ironically, was a, was a group piece. And a lot of people were making solos. I, 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 I made a group piece. And, and I realized later on that actually I, I was more and more comfortable in, in working with groups and collaborating with people. And I've never seen myself as a soloist. Um, I've always seen that as a, as a lonely space and lonely planet. Even when I get asked or commissioned to do a solo, I say, can I invite musicians? <laughs> can I, can I, get, you know, because then you, you somehow, you're enlarging your community, even though, you know, you're still driving the messaging, um, you know, as a dancer by yourself on stage, but there is, there is a community behind you. So I feel somehow secured and, and not lonely. Um, so, um, 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 and, and, and again, you know, with moving to dance is that, you know, um, post uh, my dance training, when I, when I left for, to dance at, uh, in Belgium at Parts, Performing Association Training Studios under the direction of Anna Teresa de Gessmacher. I, I, it was an opportunity for me to look at South Africa from a different context. And also to look at my own dancing and evaluate that and to, to find what direction do I want to take now. And that's when I created uh, Voyani Dance Theatre, my company, in 1999. And I came back to South Africa after one year, instead of doing the three years, I did one year because some of the teachers who were, who were there, they were, they were great, great. I mean, we were fortunate that year at parts because we had, um, you know, we had people like Emmy O'Greco, we had Emmy um, um, mean, who, who again, you know, influenced a lot of my aesthetic and choices in, 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 in material. Um, David Zombrano, um, you know, Alan Platel. Um, it was an amazing time because, you know, for the first time I was exposed to all these great teachers and, and, and makers of dance um, who were, you know, just given to us uh, for us to explore and they were exploring with us. So that was great time for me in, in, in parts. But also, you know, most of them told me um, <laughs> you need you need to go home. You need to go back, and and there's there's nothing else that this place um, or Europe can give you that you can't give to 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 Europe. So um, go back and work. You know, um, I, I mean, David, some brother, we still laugh about it. He said to me, you know, um, you need to go. You need to go because this place is gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Uh, and I, I left, uh, I literally left. I didn't go back um, to do my second year. 
had passed and I, and, I, and I created a space, Vianney Dance Theatre invited other choreographers, that's how we started, to create a, a playground, and we call it a playground, to, for, for us as artists to come together and to find something that was more significant about ourselves and to influence and to, to, to inspire each other. So that's how my company was created, Vianney Dance Theatre. So, so, and I continued that conversation with Sylvia um, throughout, and she she introduced in in the school another course of um, history and, antro and anthropology of dance, and and she invited me to be part of that, which was phenomenal. It was really amazing to to go through that process of discovering, and which helped me along. Um, when I was starting to do my own research with my own other pieces that I was making after that, including my own, um, um, tapping into my own history through my solo Exit Exist, which uh, looks at my, my, my family lineage and my tradition as, as, a, as a form to, to as a form for, for the creation of the work. So, so yeah, so that relationship has continued um, Sylvia always says now that she listens. Now it, the, 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 the roles have, have changed because I'm advising her in terms of, <laughs> you know, how she should be looking at things. And I collaborated with her in her other works that she created then after um, on an advisory level. So there's been that really connection to see the wheel shifting and changing. It's been incredible. Um, and, 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 and tested, I think, our humility uh, between a teacher and a student or a mentor and a mentee, because to see that role changing has been incredible for me. That is um, really very, very beautiful and also very generous of you. There are some, or there may well be many, who wouldn't be able to or, or rather, there are many who wouldn't necessarily remain as loyal and connected to their teachers and or some of the earlier teachers in, in the way that you have and in the way that you're able to give back to her. Yeah. Um, she and I spoke, you, you, you definitely are a huge part of her life and, and her psyche and the way in which... She, she sees herself and views the world. And, and of course, she's absolutely fascinating. I also love the way you were talking about your solo practice and the fact that your solo practice and the fact that you, um, you like to surround yourself with musicians. And I'd noticed this about your work. You quite often, you'll have musicians create the work with you, which is quite... Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really enhancing for an audience, obviously. And then it's another thing that comes into COVID because it isn't just getting back into a studio with dancers, which is huge anyway. It's also the musicians and, and everybody else who brings a show together. So I wonder if, um, in closing, I wonder if I could prevail upon you one more time to maybe just share a few words of, of wisdom as to how dancers mm. and dance creators can be looking at this time. And I know, <sighs> I know that we all are, but mm. given the voice that 
you have and the voice that you um, were afforded in terms of writing and then communicating the international dance yeah. message and the platform that you use as well as you do. I wonder mm. if there are a few thoughts and words you could share with us during these COVID times. Great. No, no, thank you. Um, I said in, in, in our early discussion that um, I think, you know, this, this time needs, requires us to, to, to moan, to, to, to lean more into, into the loss of, you know, our, our work, our time in terms of, you know, the pre-preparation of all these tours that are cancelled. And we need to allow ourselves to moan that loss. And more often, we don't. We, we, we are expected to, you know, to, 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 to stay active and, and, and put out work online and, and, and do all kinds of stuff to just to, to be seen as being active. I think it's also okay, you know, it's also okay to, to not be anything, but be yourself and be in the moment and allow this position to, to take you onto a different journey of discovering something that you might not even know that exists in, in oneself. And, and personally, I'm in that space where I am discovering the things that I didn't know um, that I, I, I possess in, in my own fiber. And, and these are the things I'm holding on to, to help me shape and reshape the future um, and to come out of this situation better prepared mentally, physically, and emotionally. Rather than to come out of this situation exhausted because you know a lot has been is being asked of us to do. Um, when we are making work to be online, let's do it with a principle of ensuring that the work that we put out there that is online, it is not work that is, um, you know, um, done in, in, a, in a notion of, of keeping ourselves busy. It is done because it is necessary for the work to be done and you still want to communicate or to be in touch with your community or, you know, people at large. Um, I don't think this period is about uh, the presence of our presence on screen. I think it's about our, our presence in terms of, um, you know, communicating, communicating um, um, our own ambitious, you know, um, issues that we are battling with that we need to deal with on a broader context, issues that we need to confront on a broader context, um, issues that we need to continue to highlight um, on a broader context. And I think that's what this opportunity is for me, is if it goes online, it's about communicating our realities on a broader context. And that's what the online platform provides. But it should also be a space, this time should be also a space for us to self-reflect 
and to, to empower ourselves. So when we get out of this, um, we, 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 we even more resilient uh, as people and to allow our art to be even more resilient. Thank you for listening. You can find a list of episode notes and links on delvingintodance.com where you can also find a large archive of previous episodes including fantastic episodes by Dan Dore, Vicky Van Hoot, Beck Reed, Joel Bray and Amrita Heppi. This project relies on listener contributions and you can contribute on the website. It also relies on the support of Victorian government through Creative Victoria and the Australian government through the Australia Council, its arts funding and advisory body.